Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charlie Chunk Thompson. <laughs> what are you putting your hood up right now, man? Just What's feeling, going on? Um, you know, I'm feeling uh, feeling gangsta. Yeah? On this okay. One. On a Friday? I think. On a dumb leap of the week? Yeah. Holy crap, we've been hanging out with the Fed Haters Club talking about everything for about 40 minutes right now. Which is a perk. That's a perk. Being part of the Fed Haters Club. You never know. You might get five minutes. You might get an hour. You just never know. It depends on how we're feeling that day. Uh, but today's been a good conversation with everyone, though. It was good. It started off because we were waiting on Charlie because he was late, and then we just kept talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a good conversation. I'm glad we all got to hang out. Go to joingmail.com if uh, you would like to contribute to our awful, awful spending habits that both of us have, uh, where we buy advertising in an attempt to save the world. So there's our terrible spending habits. Yeah. That we, we buy have. cameras and yeah. recording equipment. So also we travel the country to set up at different places. You know, that's that's what we spend our money on. <laughs> there you go. Those are the things. So if you yeah. want to contribute towards that, go to joingmail.com. Also, you get to hang out with us in the Fed Haters Club. You get to give submissions for Dumb Bleep of the Week. And then you get to make it all the way to Dumb Bleep of the Year, potentially. It was actually Spike Cohen who won the submission portion for Dumb Bleep of the Year um, this year. So uh, we'll see who wins for 2024. But and you uh, also get to see uh, Nate's beautiful face. That's yeah. That's actually the main perk yeah. right there. Me, uh, I just want to be on the radio. <laughs> that's the yeah. whole thing. I've got a face for radio. We are on the radio, by the way. Quite a few stations, actually. Um, I always forget to mention that. It's a pretty cool thing, I guess. Free Talk Live, by the way. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, listen for them. Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights on your local radio station. If if we're playing in your area, um, it's over two hundred stations now. I think, it's from what I read recently, it's one of those. It's it's one of those days, Charlie, uh, where we get to talk about something uh, that we get to talk about like every few months or so, and it's a day where we bombed another country. Oh, perfect. You know, one of those super rare occasions as an American where you get to talk about how your country's But you know, haven't countries. we been bombing Yemen for a while? I don't I don't know how long we have physically been bombing Yemen. You don't think our drones <laughs> have been up there? I'm sure we have, uh, but we have been uh, helping Saudi Arabia bomb Yemen for a long time. So essentially, we've been bombing Yemen. Uh, I don't know about our specific involvement in the matter. So we just moved from proxy bombing to straight bombing. Yeah. Now this time it's not the, it's not really the country of Yemen. It's the Houthis in Yemen who are uh, supposedly Iranian proxies. And so it's all like, it's all, it's proxies Mm. on proxies. Mm. It's proxy on proxy action uh, that we've been dealing with quite a bit lately, but it's- I always called them Houthis. The Houthis. Like Hoochie Mama? I think so. Houthie Mama. I I think even I said it improperly, but I don't think the H is- what my mama pronounced. told me. So, um, it's, you stay away from them Houthi mamas. Is what, yeah, what she always said. She said, "Watch out for them Houthi mamas." <laughs> That's correct from the live group there. The Middle East is a complicated mess because apparently the, these people are bombing or not bombing. They're attempting to attack ships uh, that are going past Yemen because they're upset about the Israel and Gaza thing, and so they're trying to uh, support Gaza. 
right And there now. are pirates <clears throat> and they're, you know, attacking cargo ships and all kinds of other stuff. We all saw Captain Phillips, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. But that was from Somalia, I believe. Uh, these people are specifically, they've, they have targeted warships, allegedly. We've heard plenty of stories like that. Uh, they've targeted shipping containers going through there. There are companies that have announced that they are not going to be shipping through here. Um, uh, Tesla announced that they're going to at least take a two-week break uh, from their Berlin factory. They don't want things shipping uh, through this area either. Yeah. And and so, anyhow, it's, it could all end up... nasty Houthi mamas. It can, there's been, I believe, 27... <laughs> Uh, specific attacks that have happened on vessels going through there. And President Biden gave the order to uh, hit 60, I believe 60 or 70 targets. I always say don't mess with a Houthi and a messy bun. (laughs) The U.S. and U.K. militaries launched strikes against the targets. uh, Control areas of Yemen on Thursday. There's a map, by the way. It's not My goal for this whole show (laughs) is to see how annoyed I can make Nate. It's, It's up there today. Um, it's going pretty no. well. No, not at all. We're just talking about war. <laughs> you know. Um, I like talking about hate things now. These where all of the uh, areas that are that are getting hit through there. I've been I've been right there in that little spot right there in Djibouti. Mm. Okay, that's why they got that's that's why they got that base over there, man. Because they're dealing with these people in Yemen's. You've been up in Djibouti, and huh? The pirates and all kinds of stuff over at that base. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyhow. Do you think that when they're attacking ships that are going through there, like, do we have a right to retaliate and bomb all these areas where the people are attacking from? Should you consider why they're attacking? They're mad about the Israel-Gaza thing. So you're like, okay, are they an aggressor? Or uh, I guess they are kind of an aggressor. Are they also potentially upset about the fact that hundreds of thousands of people have died in Yemen because of the civil war and that we've been funding and aiding and all that stuff. And maybe they're mad about that too. You know, who's the, uh, who's the actual aggressor? Yeah. I don't know. This is, it's always (laughs) tough. Um, obviously like if I were on a ship and then someone attacked me, I'd, I'd be like, okay, let's attack back. Yeah. But at the same time, why is the ship, there why do we have american ships there are we are we protecting american cargo coming back is that are they going after the the cargo ships too is that the national interest no i know like you said tesla's yeah that's a that's an american company that's bringing Mm -hmm. their goods um a lot of oil going through there whole bunch of oil going through there i don't really know i i'm always against war um First and foremost, but also I'm for people being able to defend themselves. And that is a, that's a crossroads. So you support Maersk procuring itself some cruise missiles and bombing the locations that have been attacking the Maersk ships, right? I mean, that's the way that we should do it. Mm. You let them put cannons on their boats, like back in the old days. They did. They you know? used to have. And yeah. they do the the defense. They, yeah, they had pirate fighting cannons. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll see. If well, this, nowadays, what do they have? They <clears throat> like they they roll out like barbed wire, and they have water cannons. The water cannons, yeah, yeah. kind of different cannons that they have on there. So you're shooting water, and bullets are flying by your head. <laughs> we'll see if uh, this escalates any further. This could actually have implications on things like inflation. This could actually affect uh, economies around the world because if people have to not go through this area and go through the Suez Canal and all that, if they have to go around Africa, which is a big place. 
It's a large area. If they have to go around the whole continent of Africa instead uh, to get up there, then things will be a lot more expensive. And in that case, I say bomb them all the hell, man. I don't want to pay more for anything. So <laughs> Biden's out there bombing because he knows there's an election coming up and he can't have inflation heading back up uh, like it ticked up in, in December. So anyhow, by the way, a lot of people upset about this. Um, Ro Khanna was out there, the Democrat out there criticizing Biden, saying that this is a violation of the Constitution. Uh, a lot of people on the left actually criticizing Biden for this move, uh, for not going to Congress and having Congress approve this or declare a war. The interesting part of this is that <clears throat> it is coming from a lot of people who typically don't care all that much about the Constitution. What they actually care right now is that they... The Houthis are bombing because they're or attacking because they're mad about the Israel Gaza thing. They support Gaza. And so in us attacking these places in Yemen, you it's Palestine. Actually, uh Palestine. Whatever. Yeah. Um the uh in in uh, us attacking Yemen, it's also like attacking people who support Gaza at the same time. It's actually like defending Israel at the same time. And so really it's the same division that we have on the uh Israel Gaza conflict right now. And that's, that's what we're seeing. A lot of people digging up old stuff from Joe Biden, by the way, uh, who said in 2020, let's be clear, Donald Trump does not have the authority to take us into war with Iran without congressional approval. A president should never take this nation to war without the informed consent of the American people. A lot of people digging that up. <clears throat> now you could say this is a possibly defensive action if you're getting continuous attacks from people in these areas. Uh, if there's a if there's a guy in his house and he's just shooting at you, you know, he's got his got a rifle and he's just shooting at your house. Like, I don't know if you, if he stops to reload and you throw a grenade in his window, I feel like that's still a defensive action yeah. at that time. So I'm not supporting this. I'm just saying it's kind of complicated. <laughs> like most things, it's very complicated. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> do the ships have a right to be there? Well, yeah, they're freely traveling among the ocean to try to deliver goods and services to people. Mm -hmm. um, if you're upset about the war in Palestine and Israel, maybe you should go over there and not attack innocent ships. <laughs> I yeah. mean, and I don't like, I mean, I do agree with the president needing congressional consent for, for Congress to declare war. I, the consent of the American people, I agree with Joe Biden back here in 2020. Um, but at the same time, and, and this is what I don't like about let's say the president having this authority that the war powers act or whatever they passed that kind of gave the president more authority to do things like drone strikes and, and these little small attacks yeah, or whatever that could end us in a full scale war because we're attacking Houthis, which are backed by Iran. Mm -hmm. Iran could see this as an attack on them potentially want to start a war. And then now we're in a war that, uh, wasn't approved by the people. It's also really weird how we just sort of accept these whole proxy things. Like if Iran pays a group of people to attack us, we're like, oh, this group of people backed by Iran's attacking us. Let's attack this group of people. We're not like, Iran's literally paying this people. Like it's, it's Iran. Like if they're paying a paramilitary organization to come in, it's the people who are having them do yeah. this, you know, that are, <laughs> but we just kind of brush that stuff off. And we're like, oh no, we're not at war with Iran. Yeah. And no, it's just like people if you that paid they're someone to murder me, you <laughs> yeah. would go to jail for murder. Yeah, yeah it's you me. You would be held liable for that. Yeah. And the murder at the same time. Yeah. But still, 
they, they trace the root cause of the problem. It's well, the it'd be attempted murder because this guy wouldn't be successful. And uh, so he wouldn't go to jail. He would go to to, to hell. <laughs> He'd be dead. I'd be alive and you would be in prison. I got that all. I'll, I'll jot that all down for everyone. Anyway, uh, happy war day to everyone. Uh, as Americans, it's something we celebrate quite often. You know who doesn't think Biden should be in trouble for this whole thing? Donald it, Trump. It's Donald Trump for dumb bleep number one, because Donald Trump has been out there arguing about presidential immunity. Uh, and this quote, actually, we'll just play the video of what he has to say here. Uh, let me go to, this is from one of the Krasenstein uh, out here, Donald Trump. President. Here we go. And on the big screen. Do you agree with your lawyers what they said on Tuesday that you should not be prosecuted or could not be prosecuted if you ordered SEAL Team 6 to kill a political opponent? Well, you're talking about a totally different case, the immunity. I say this, on immunity, very simple, if a president of the United States does not have immunity, he'll be totally ineffective because he won't be able to do anything because it will mean he'll be prosecuted strongly prosecuted, perhaps, uh, as soon as he leaves office by his by the opposing party. So a president of the United States, I'm not talking just me, I'm talking any president has to have immunity. I don't like this idea. Yeah. Let me just tell you that for Dumbledore number one. I'm not a fan <laughs> of this idea. We should be able to get away with anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, the other, other party is just going to put us in prison. One of the arguments that uh, his lawyers made in court uh, had to do with him if he had SEAL Team Six take out a political opponent, that he could, like he would have immunity uh, from this. I don't know the entire context of the argument, but you heard it right there. He is arguing that presidents should have immunity from the things they do while they're in office. My suggestion is, like yours, I'm sure, Charlie, would be, don't break the law. Yeah. How about if and if the if we've made it to this point where we're saying, yeah, a president just can't do anything without breaking the law. I don't know. I think maybe we shouldn't have presidents anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't By know. By his what to logic, do. everyone <clears throat> should have immunity because we'd all be scared to do anything mm -hmm. because we don't have immunity. You know? <sighs> yeah. We don't, we're all ineffective. Or how about this? No one has immunity and we just put each president in prison for whatever laws they broke while they were in office. But and you, let's just set that precedent. You remember his, uh, on the campaign trail, you remember his <sighs> speeches. He's out there saying, we are a nation of laws. Law and order? Yeah. Law mm -hmm. and order. Keep the peace. Law, we were all about, we're the party of law and order. And he, he said, except for presidents. He did say that in there. You know? <laughs> except for me. Yeah. And well, I he guess, wasn't just talking about him. He was I guess for Joe Biden, too. He, wants, presidents, he yeah. doesn't support this, uh, this impeachment thing with, with Biden right now, I would assume, you know. Oh, he must not. People, uh, how about just everyone in government? Can now, any can anyone in government truly do their jobs without uh, breaking laws? Yeah, Charlie. Now I the just, truth is, there's at least all the presidents in our lifetime have definitely broken the law. Yeah, so they should all be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. um, sure, let's do it. Yeah, I'm think, all for it. Although, let's give the devil his due here. I think what he's trying to say is that if we set this precedent, then it's just going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. So. The Republicans are going to prosecute Biden, and then it's just going to keep happening. I think that's what he's trying to get at, but he's actually taking it a step further, uh, which is saying that we need to codify immunity for presidents <clears throat> of the United States, which is well, insane. Well, what he's asking is that we go back to, see, in the old days before Trump broke this glass ceiling, the old, day, the old days, no, I mean 
before last year or the year before, whenever it was, we all used to accept the fact that presidents just broke the law and nothing ever happened. And that's what Trump is asking for us to go back to because presidents have not been prosecuted before and all of them have broken laws. But he wants to, he wants it codified now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. He wants to have some, some precedents for the president uh, on this matter. Mm. So that's dumb. That's dumb bleep number one. That's why, that's why it's in there. So maybe he means, do they have natural immunity? Possibly. Is he talking <laughs> about diseases? I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. Here's something. Uh, it's a real, it's a real thing going around uh, this the uh, Robbie Starbuck, who's not someone I'd always take for putting real stuff out there, uh, from a source at Delta Airlines, Delta is asking employees to capitalize black and brown, but write white in lowercase. Uh, Delta must stop this. Here is someone's screenshot that they put out. And um, if you're just listening right now, this is a inclusive language guide. It says race and ethnicity. Style note, capitalize black and brown and Delta communications. Unlike black or brown, white should be lowercase. Uh, when referencing race, ethnicity, or nationality, be as specific as possible. It is weird that they... Is this coming from their DEI classes? Yeah, I would assume it's, yeah. this is their... What do you call the thing that you have to go through? The sensitivity training or mm, whatever. Yeah. Um, racial sensitivity. I don't remember what you call it because I've never done that before, but I'm sure you've had encountered something like that. Nope, never have, actually. That's good. Yep. Um, they specifically say, unlike black or brown, you lowercase for whitey. Mm -hmm. All right, now, that's kind of ridiculous. I wanted to pull up why they're doing this, because there are people who put out uh, standards on this, like the AP, who's kind of like a standard. So they have this thing called like the AP style book or whatever they call it. Uh, explaining AP style on black and white, <laughs> even in the title right there, they capitalize black and lowercase white <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Charlie. All right. AP style is now to capitalize black in a racial, ethnic, or cultural sense, conveying an essential and shared sense of history, identity, and community among people who identify as black, including those in the African uh, diaspora. diaspora and within Africa. The lowercase black is a color, not a person. AP style will continue to lowercase the term white in racial, ethnic, and cultural senses. Now, this isn't, this really isn't that new. If you go back and look at the Declaration of Independence, they capitalized all kinds of letters in there. Random, random yeah. things. It seems random. It wasn't at the time. And then you got Trump come in and he does all caps yeah, on everything right. just uh, not to offend anyone. So does Karen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also now capitalize in, uh, indigenous in reference to original inhabitants of a place. Uh, these decisions align with longstanding capitalization of distinct racial and ethnic identifiers such as Latino, Asian American, and Native American, and African American. Mm. Now they're changing it to black. <laughs> Our discussions on style and language consider many points, including the need to be inclusive and respectful in our storytelling and the evolution of language. After review and period of cons uh, consultation, we found at this time less support for capitalizing white. White people generally do not share the same history and culture <laughs> or the experience of being discriminated against because of skin color. That, what they're saying right there is unlike white people, all black people are alike. Yeah. <laughs> In addition, AP is a global news organization and there is considerable disagreement. Ambiguity. I can't say that right now. Ambiguity. There's, that happens every once in a while. And confusion about whom the term includes in much of the world. 
We agree that white people's skin color plays into systemic inequalities and injustices, and we want our journalism to robustly explore those problems. But capitalizing the term white, as is done by white supremacists, risks subtly conveying legitimacy to such beliefs. <laughs> they, you, they can't capitalize white because white supremacists capitalize white. So if you capitalize it, <laughs> mm -hmm. then you're a white supremacist. What if you write it in cursive? That's the thing. Uh, I don't know. That would be racist, sure. I bet. So that's dumb belief number two right there. This kind of thing is, is it's listen, is this a big problem? in society, like a lot of people having problems with this. No, I mean, I would say it's kind of ridiculous for this to be in your hiring packet at your job yeah. uh, at Delta and to be... Should, should me, we capitalize yellow? You could. Nate, I'm asking you. I have no comment on the matter. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm completely fine with that. You can capitalize if you want to. Um, we should uh, ask your Asian ancestors. <laughs> It's too racist, Charlie, for, the, for this podcast. I'm asking we questions. We don't say things like that on I'm here. I'm asking questions. <laughs> How can asking questions be racist? It could be. Oh, it's because I'm white. Yeah. Anything you I'm, do is racist. I'm a lower. So the answer is it's racist. I'm a lowercase w. Plus, when you white. said white just then, I felt like it was capitalized. <laughs> I don't know if you meant it to sound I'm like it was capitalized. White. But anyway... Uh, all right, let's move on to the next dumb bleep. Uh, this came from the group. We heard about it yesterday. Leave your snow on your sidewalk and face a $500 fee in Cedar Rapids. Mm. How about that? How that, about it? That might come into play this weekend and also, early next week, all this freaking snow coming also, through. Also, whose sidewalk is it? This it's, is your sidewalk now? I guess it's yours. I it's thought, your responsibility. I thought the city owned but that. But it's a public sidewalk. Huh. This sounds like forced labor, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. And Cedar Rapids not clearing your sidewalk of snow in a timely fashion could generate a fee of more than $500 if the city does it for you. Does it for you, meaning I guess it's your sidewalk, although they're implying that other people have the right to pass on that sidewalk, meaning it's public property, meaning what? that if the city does it for you, it's not for you, it's for the city because it's public property. And what do your tax dollars pay for? I'm, I'm Obviously not, sure. not clearing sidewalks. No, no, because they got to charge you if that actually happens. Mm. Before winter weather rolled in, Cedar Rapids City uh, Council last week approved a 26% fee increase from a minimum of 405 to a minimum of 511 this year. Uh, the code requires owners to remove snow and ice from their adjacent sidewalk within 48 hours of snowfall. Uh, sidewalks are considered public right-of-way, but adjacent property owners nonetheless are responsible for them. Weird. How are you responsible for something that has been deemed a public good mm. it's your it's your contribution to the to society to the, your community it's important to understand the city is not in the business to make a profit from sidewalk snow removal uh, solid waste superintendent mark jones said in the statement uh, there's an entire market of opportunities to contract this service or arrange for the generosity of neighbors family and the city would need would prefer no property owner face sidewalk abatement fees so we ask property owners to maintain compliance uh, he noted Clear pathways are important for many residents to reach a bus stop, businesses, or other destinations. Bring a shovel. <clears throat> uh, council member Scott Olson says he often gets messages in the winter from people who can't get to the store or church because a sidewalk is snowed over or too icy. And naturally, when the government gets a call from uh, citizens saying that the sidewalk needs cleared, the government then goes to the private property owners who don't own the sidewalk and then forces them to clean the sidewalk or fines them. 
and that they don't pay the fine, that's probably going to end up being like a tax lien on their house or something. I and would here's bet. the question. If it's your sidewalk, like what if you li- like, like snow? Yeah. Like snow, but it's not your <clears throat> sidewalk. It's a city sidewalk. I know because people problem. can walk on but it. It's your responsibility to clean it. And if it's yours though, what can you, can you allow, can you stop people from walking on it? Here's what I want to know. Why not the road in front of your house? Because if each owner clears the road, then they never have to pay a snowplow to go through there. Hmm. You know, each person has to clear the road in front of their house. What's wrong with that? It's not your road. It's a public road, but I mean, it's the one that's right there in front of your house. Um, Here in my community, the sidewalks are, um, they're part of the, it's the HOA's responsibility. Yeah. So. My neighborhood, everyone just fends for themselves. But we pay, we pay a fee for that. Yeah. You know, like you pay and you agree to pay that fee when you come in. So it's like, it's all, it's all contractual. Yeah. 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 yeah, I can see that. Uh, Robin Brunner, chief operating officer at this place that doesn't matter, um, says that uh, the new fees are a mixed bag. People use wheelchairs or uh, with, or with have other, is that what that says? Use wheelchairs or have other physical challenges rely on clear pathways. So a steeper penalty could help spur better compliance. They're probably watching a movie when they wrote that. On the, <laughs> on the other hand, it could also be a hardship for property owners with disabilities who are elder or who are elderly or others who may physically struggle with the task. People with disabilities are twice as likely to have low incomes. And I suppose they also have to find a way to clear off the sidewalk in front of the house, I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, but to people who can't actually. Imagine, like grandma <laughs> keeps getting this $500 fine because she's not. Get the hell out there, grandma. <laughs> Clear that sidewalk. Really? This is your sidewalk, is Martha. Is this a real thing? Yeah. Come on. Surely they have some type of carve outs for senior citizens or people who are disabled, it right? It doesn't look like it. I mean, there has to be something. Someone who. Uh, Bailey says they don't. Yeah, you could put a plow in your wheelchair. You put a blade <laughs> on the back of your wheelchair, and just, or I guess you put a, a front plow on there and just, yeah. and just really push through there, you know, like yeah. Stephen Hawking on his way to a, a midget convention, <laughs> some kind of thing. Little person, sorry. Well, folks, as many of you know, back in 2017, my wife and I bought a house in Nashville, Tennessee. It was a massive risk but it's turned into a massive asset for the two of us. We spent tons of time and money remodeling and making this place our own, a comfortable place to carry us into the future with our little nieces and nephews and our family coming to visit all the time. Things like this are worth protecting and making an estate plan now means we can gain security and peace of mind for ourselves and our loved ones. With trust and will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $159. Go to trustandwill.com slash GML for 10% off plus free document shipping. We're currently using Trust and Will's simple-to-use website to build our will. I'm amazed by how easy this website makes it to do something that's so important. Think about it. If something happens to my wife and I and we don't have a will, who gets to decide what happens to our assets? The government. Uh, no, thank you. But I don't trust them to even resurface the roads that go to my house, let alone decide what happens to my biggest asset after I'm gone. I've seen it happen with other members of my family when they passed. They didn't have a will, and man, was it a mess for their family to get everything sorted out afterwards. I know it's not something we like to think about, but it can happen to any of us at any time. 
Get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust and Will, an overall rating of excellent and thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and used by hundreds of thousands of families and counting. Secure your assets to protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash gml. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash GML. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, it's January, so everyone's thinking, new year, new me, right? But what if there are some things that you're already doing right and could just be expanded on? I started keeping a calendar at the end of last year, trying to get better organized with my crazy life schedule. Maybe you're like Charlie and you've already shed 80 pounds of extra weight and you just have a little further to go. Well, therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. As you know, I've done therapy in the past and found it to be extremely helpful. It's not just for those that have major trauma, although it's perfect for that too, but it's also for people that want to learn positive coping skills and how to set healthy boundaries and how to be the best best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. This one is dumb. I wouldn't say it's like off the wall, dumb like other stuff, like slapstick, dumb laughing at it. But this is a dumb premise anyway. Um, Got submitted in the live group. uh, So thanks for the submission. A uh, 1964 Supreme Court case suggests the First Amendment doesn't protect misgendering misgendering people. Misgendering people, yeah. I was going to say gingering people, which is trying to act like people have red hair when they don't. (laughs) This is a different one. This one is misgendering people. Don't misginger me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pull, I don't, well, I do have the actual article here, but I I got caught up on, I became an expert on this court case today. So don't worry <laughs> about that. While I was watching Fear the Walking Dead on my phone, yeah. I um, got caught up on this court case. And this happened back during the civil rights area. And uh, this lady named Mary Hamilton, she gets in trouble for the uh, act of civil disobedience. She goes to court and she wants to be called Miss in court instead of Mary. You see, alleged, uh, apparently what they used to do in places like Alabama where this took place is uh, they would call white people by Miss or Mr. or whatever. And then if there's a black person in court, they'd just call them either boy or girl or they would call them by their first name. They wouldn't give them uh, this honor, or what they call in this article, I believe, uh, honorific is, is what they call that. Well, because she essentially refused to uh, comply with them in court because she wanted to be called called Miss instead of Mary. She wanted to be called like the white people were called. Uh, she gets contempt of court. She gets fined. She goes to jail, uh, I believe, for five days. This goes up to the Alabama Supreme Court, and they uphold it. It goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they actually say uh, they have to call you Miss if that's what they call white people. And Hmm. so actually your conviction is thrown out. 
And so she wins this court case because her preference was to be called Miss. So this article is taking this court case right here and saying that that means that the First Amendment does not protect misgendering people. Now, that's a really dumb premise because first off, you'd have to be talking about government officers and government buildings in legal proceedings uh, even uh, to begin with because that's where what this case was covering because they found it under the Equal Protections Clause uh, in the uh, 14th Amendment. And that's why they said, well, if you're going to extend that honorific to uh, white people, then you got to extend it to all people. And that's what they found. See, I learned all this while I was watching the episode of The Walking Dead uh, earlier. <laughs> but what if you just want to call everybody by their first name, then? You just like, okay, we're not going to call anybody Miss. And so that's the thing. They actually got this backwards because calling uh, calling someone Miss or Mrs. Well, that, or, uh, or Mr., well, that actually is kind of gender specific. Um, that's actually just calling them something that isn't their name. Yeah. That's calling them something that's, that's not their their given name or whatever it is. And this person was actually asking to be called something else like you call other people. In the opposite case, what would happen is you call everyone by whatever their biological gendered term would be. And you do that equally for everyone. So in fact, the Equal Protections Clause wouldn't, uh, in my opinion, in my legal opinion, would not apply because you're not extending what they call in this case an honorific, which is a term that you're just calling people uh, to be nice to them because they're white, you're actually just calling everyone by whatever their biological lower gender case, pronouns are. Lowercase are. white, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I say it uppercase? Did it sound uppercase? Sounded, when I said, yeah, it sounded okay. uppercase yeah. to me, yeah. Well, when I said black, I meant yeah. it uppercase, just so you know. Yeah. Um, anyhow. So now, so can, on this basis, can a white person sue a court for saying lowercase white, but capitalizing black <laughs> under the Equal Protections Clause. Because if you're going to capitalize black... I would say if it happens... And you have to capitalize white. If you can capture this in some type of legal document documentation, then yeah, maybe you have a... Uh, maybe you got a case. But I don't you think... See how ridiculous all this gets? I don't think that means that in 1964, the Supreme Court said that you can't misgender people mm. under the First Amendment. Yeah. I don't think that's what it says. Just, just so you know. Right. Um, anyhow... I thought that that was an interesting case. I know that's not your normal, like, oh, this is dumb kind of thing, but I found it interesting, and I've never heard about that case before, so. I think it's interestingly dumb. Yeah, that's yeah. interestingly dumb. Oh, this was a dumb one from uh, today. The SEC um, got hacked. This had to do with the Bitcoin ETF, and it, it turned out, now what happened was they, they announced essentially a day early, because I think it was the next day. They approved it, yeah. That they approved it. Mm -hmm. Um, so what happened in this case, Charlie? What would you say? How would you describe it? Well, so someone, uh, the SEC tweeted out that the Bitcoin ETF was approved. Um, and then a couple other things. I can't remember all of them, but uh, it did not come from the SEC. No. The SEC's uh, Twitter or X account uh, was hacked. Mm. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, Twitter Safety did an investigation. They confirmed that the SEC gov uh, handle was compromised and they completed a preliminary investigation based on our investigation. The compromise was not due to any breach of X's systems. So Twitter was not uh, breached in any way, but rather due to an unidentified individual obtaining control over a phone number associated 
with the mm. SEC's account through a third party. We can also confirm that the account did not have two-factor authentication enabled at the time the account was compromised. We encourage all users to enable this extra layer of security. More information and tips on how to keep your account secure can be found in our help center. So these are the people, by the way, that should take over your health care. By the way, you're talking, <laughs> talking billions of dollars of market movement because, because of this uh, little mess up. That would have happened the next day, probably, because what happens on these things is that you buy the hype and you sell the news. Mm-hmm. And so it popped after this thing. And then, and then they came out and said, no, our account was hacked. It sold back off after that. I moved back up and the ETF actually came out. But and now it's back down. If you're doing and it, yeah, it's down a bunch today. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. That's what happens. You buy the hype, you sell the news. It's in, um, it's people have been buying in anticipation of this. Yes. It was so, priced in. Yes, it was a already priced. This was not a shock that this happened. Uh you were saying something though. It was shocked. It was maybe a shock that it was a day early. <laughs> yeah. That that was the shock. <laughs> yeah, the shock was Well, what I was saying is is that these, you know, these folks who work in the government mm-hmm. are the ones who should handle your health care, all your private matters. You can trust them with everything, and they simply can't even add a two-factor authentication. The securities, a security An exchange commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, people digging up old tweets is always a fun thing to do. The SEC says keeping your password secure isn't the only thing you need to do to prevent yourself from becoming a victim of cyber fraud. Here's more tips. Go to this website here from the <laughs> SEC. Was that them or a hacker that posted that? I'm not sure. It could be a bad link. Um, Gary Gensler is the uh, chair. Uh, the SEC says this is a reminder to secure your financial accounts as well as protect against identity threats and theft and fraud. Remember Threat. to uh, remember to use strong passphrases or passwords and set up multi-factor authentication. He says it right there. And keep account alerts turned on. Uh, so that's pretty good. By the way, I don't think we have two-factor authentication turned on. You don't? No. Oh, so if someone wants to try and break into that, let me you know. Let me know if you can do it. I have it on. Give my it a shot if you want to. Do you have to use like the Authenticator app for that? No, you can use like your phone number and get a text message or mm. different things. But I yeah, gotcha. most of my stuff is through an Authenticator app because that number constantly changes. So the thing, the thing that annoyed me on this is that um, this mess up by them it undoubtedly cost people to lose some money somewhere that yeah. wouldn't have otherwise uh, because it came a day early or whatever it is that happened. So you're um, you're wondering who do you file the complaint? Yeah. With? Who's gonna? Who's going to discipline the SEC? You might have to file it with the president. Because if someone else would have tweeted this, if Elon Musk would have tweeted that, uh, oh hey, look, the SEC—they officially approved uh, the uh, Bitcoin ETF—and it turns out Elon Musk was making that up. Well, then they would support fines and lawsuits and people going after Elon Musk for whatever amount of damages that well, occurred. Because you that would day. file a complaint with the SEC. With, yeah, the SEC would do an investigation. And then they would levy fines like they did to Elon Musk when he mm-hmm. talked about taking Tesla private. 420 thing. Yeah. Um, can you file a complaint with the SEC on the SEC? And I then re- will the SEC investigate themselves and find that the SEC was negligent in not securing their own account and that they are liable for people losing this money and then they're going to they're Le- going to levy fines, levy fines against the, yeah against themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll pay them. Pay the fines immediately. Yeah. Okay, that's and of course uh, they're funded by taxpayers. So they uh, so someone I I didn't look it up to see if it was true, but I had heard it before. Someone corrected something I said on Twitter was that the uh, SEC 
is mostly funded by the fines that they levy on companies. Um, and I'm sure they have some kind they of government. Still have a budget. I'm sure they have some kind of government yeah. operating administrative budget. Uh, but I have not confirmed that. That's what someone says. Uh, number six, this is one that we talked about yesterday. Uh, it's got two parters and, and two things in here from Fauci. Uh, the main thing, the main headline here is that Fauci admitted in his closed-door testimony that the six-foot social distancing rule just sort of appeared and lacked scientific basis, even though everyone just went with it. You want to know what it is? What's that? They get $1.75 billion from Congress. Okay. So. Okay. So they do get some money from... That's from Congress, though. I mean, not taxpayers. It's <laughs> not the Congress's bank account. Yeah. Bank account. Um, Fauci admitted that the six-foot thing was made up and just lacked think, scientific basis. Think okay. about how many billion-dollar companies the government has. <laughs> oh, it's a lot. Too many. You know, like, Too if many you make them. it to be a billion-dollar company, like, you're immensely successful. And we're talking about this small little agency, the SEC. They get $1.75 billion. They're... They're almost a $2 billion company. Just a little rounding error yeah. for the government. And they don't, and they can do things like this. <laughs> yep. God. Sorry, well, I'm a little slow when I look these things up. I just um, think it's important to talk about. No, it is. I'm glad we were able to fact check that. Um, anyway, Fauci admitting that this was made up, even though everyone was following it, even though it kept people out of school. And by the way, this whole rule that helped keep people out of school, the made-up six-foot social distancing thing that the CDC went with and everyone went with, um, he also said something that we missed talking about yesterday, that he is not convinced that kids suffered learning loss due to pandemic school closures. Oh, they didn't. Yeah. Hmm. That, um, that I didn't bring in all of, the, all of the numbers, but... He's not convinced of it. He's not convinced. Yeah. And so... That's probably also in talking about the fact that we had a lot of school closures from this BS six-foot social distancing thing that had no scientific basis behind it. And then he also, I'm sure someone said, well, this caused learning loss and all that. And he comes back and says, I'm not convinced kids suffer any learning loss from not going to school. How about we just don't have them go to school anymore? Hmm. Be good. Did you see that? Fauci thing. doesn't recall much about COVID pandemic. Yeah, I start. think he said he didn't recall over a hundred times in the testimony when they talked about the beginning of the pandemic. Hmm. So um, I remember it very well. Remember, because we covered it on the show about how uh, all these Democrats were calling people xen xenophobic for avoiding <laughs> Chinatown and all yeah. this stuff back in early March. That, yeah. that was late February, early March, and they they were all out there saying everything's fine. Then no big deal. Everything's fine. And then what do you know? March 9th. I can remember March 9th. I don't think it was March 9th. <sighs> I think it was March 9th, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Pretty sure it was March 9th because we Nashville sure. had the tornado on March. I thought that was the 10th. Was it? I thought yeah. it was March 4th or 5th. Mm, I don't remember. Oh, you, I think uh, you could be right on that, but probably not. Uh, let's go on to dumb bleep number seven while we're fact checking this one. Uh, this is a post from the Daily Wire, but this is the Colorado Secretary of State. Remember, Colorado was the first one that moved to uh, remove Trump from their primary ballot. And she's being asked on CNN if there is a risk of disenfranchising voters uh, when you remove their choice from your ballot. Uh, of course, she has things to say. We're finally moving on to some January 6th stuff. Remember, this week encompasses January 6th, so we can talk about some good things here. 
Uh, here's what she has to say. Do you think that there's a risk here of disenfranchising voters? I think the biggest risk of disenfranchising voters happened on January 6th when Donald Trump tried to steal the presidency from the American people. Make no mistake, that is exactly what he intended to do. Uh, we are a country of laws and of constitutions. There are qualifications for office. Uh, so, for example. Okay, so <clears throat> that's enough of that. Not disenfranchising. You know what is disenfranchising was what happened on January 6th, even though uh, the vote went through and Biden took office and Trump left office and everything is fine. He's not um, there still. Yeah, yeah, everything ended up fine. You know, it is disenfranchising. You know, asking people to present an ID when they vote, that's, disenfran <laughs> that's disenfranchising yeah. voters. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, just some kind of confirming that you are the person that you're voting for. That's disenfranchising. But this, when you literally remove the top choice for most of the Republicans from your ballot, that's not disenfranchised. When you take people off your ballot? Yeah. Uh -uh. When you take away options? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not disenfranchising. Like whenever you make it impossible for libertarians to get on the ballot in Tennessee. That's not she disenfranchising went, libertarian voters. You always have that deny, deflect. She went straight to deflect. Yeah. Yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Let me bring up... <laughs> The day which will live in infamy. What I hate about this is how they've clearly, and we all know this, how they've built this up to be such a thing that it wasn't. An important thing to remember. And now they can use it. Yeah. By doing this insurrection, our democracy was almost taken away from us, all this. What are they saying was going to happen on January 6th? Are they saying that somehow these people with fire extinguishers and flagpoles were going to seize control of the United States government? and that the vote was never going to go through and that Trump was going to stay in office and all the military leaders, they were all going to keep listening to Trump and no one was going to fight back against this at all because uh, people with flagpoles had taken over the U.S. Capitol for a couple hours. And if they just would have made it all the way in and they wouldn't have shot that Ashley Babbitt girl, then we would have lost our democracy that day, you know? And like, you're actually supposed to believe that this would have succeeded like the guy with the horns would still be in there with his with yeah. his staff or whatever. I watched but, White House down yeah. last week. And did they, they use guns or did they use they, flag they poles used and all stuff? kinds of stuff and yeah. they still didn't win. Really? You know? Mm. They they in fact took over the White House. But it still they still didn't make it. You know? So, so like the most annoying thing is that we're supposed to Have pretend, you seen Olympus has fallen? Yeah. They had all kinds of stuff out there. All kinds they they were using yeah. Javelin missiles. Mm. <laughs> they had RPGs. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. They had C 130s out there, you know, flying yeah. around, shooting stuff. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. And they still couldn't. <laughs> still couldn't do it. Still couldn't do it. Uh uh. But, uh uh. But the Republicans almost did on you know, January 6th. In, in, <laughs> in designated survivor, all of them were just killed in an explosion in the first episode, except for one guy, this lowly guy, Kiefer Sutherland. The, um, Transportation Tra secretary. Whatever. I don't know what I've seen. Like I think two it was episodes. transportation I, secretary. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. they were the still last able. guy on the list. We still had democracy after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But not this. Mm. And so it's so annoying that we're all supposed to pretend like this is almost the day that democracy actually almost died. Like there's was this was a couple flagpoles away from being successful. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like when you get a hangnail, you know, and your whole <laughs> life is over. You're just like over, 
You just over dramatize. Mm-hmm. Oh god, here we go. Number so. eight. Um, this MSNBC host. It's all so fake. That's the problem. That's yeah. the problem with this. Here's an NBC, MSNBC host. He's uh, interviewing a. Uh, I think this is a Capitol police officer. He's got a book out. I don't know if this is the one that's running for office or not. There's one who's running for office. The, this guy's got a book out. We'll see. And just the the somber. This it really hits this host hard. Thinking about all the people who died that day is Michael Fanone, former D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer, Courage for America Council Member, and author of Hold the Line, The Insurrection and One Cop's Battle for America's Soul. Officer Fanone, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. <laughs> Um, (laughs) what is happening? We are, uh, I mean, still in the midst of, he's like, Oh, I didn't realize we were method acting here. Uh, Let me get in the mood. Just like, you know, from Braveheart. Hold. He held that line. line. This actually is the guy who saved democracy right here. That's why the guy's crying because of the the bravery that uh, took place. Anything else? I actually the, haven't watched this clip. I was uh, watching so. the, yeah. the same fight that began uh, on January 6th, 2021. Um, and we have a lot at, at stake in this country. Uh, and I think that it deserves every American's attention okay, to get through this. It. Hold on. Uh, known, I'm going to try to get through this. Um, thank you for what you did. Okay. Three years ago. I do hope that this guy's face at this point is like, okay, dude, a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) I know we said somber tone and all that, but uh, this is not good. Okay. (sighs) Oh, man. That was funny. It's so like this guy's really so choked up about what happened. Do you know how many people? Keep Googling. How many people die every day in the U.S., Charlie? 50,000? 50, 50, I don't think that's way too many. Is that too many? How many people, um, let's just see. Let's see how many people die every day uh, in the U.S. specifically. I should always just keep chat GPT up. Here we go. Let's see what they say. About 60,000. 60,523. I guess a lot of those are just old people. Not that that's not a big thing. Oh, wait, that's I don't just mean one it that state. way. Sorry, that's just one that state. That can't be. It can't have 60,000. Yeah. That's surely not. Yeah, man. I don't think so. Daily death rate in the U.S. according to ChatGPT. Oh, oh, sorry, that's by year. 7,500 according to them. Uh, the seven-day average uh, runs... Oh, that's for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we talking a COVID year, Nate? Um, no, no, non-COVID year. It is an election year, though, so maybe it'll be a COVID what? year later well, Okay, on. I know about 50,000 people die every single year just from the flu. About 40,000 people die every year from car wrecks. Well, let me just tell you these daily numbers right here. Um, cancer accounts for uh, approximately 1,600 deaths per day. This is from chat GPT, so it has to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, stroke results in about 500 deaths. Chronic lower respiratory disease, 400 deaths. Um, accidents, about 300 daily deaths. 
Um, Alzheimer's, 200. Diabetes, 150. Flu and pneumonia led to about 100 deaths per day. And suicide is responsible for 50 deaths every day. And so it's not that you wouldn't get upset when something bad happens or whatever, but I'm just really wondering if this guy is so choked up he can't talk. A professional news anchor is so choked up he can't talk because um, Ashley Babbitt got shot and uh, a, a cop had a stroke a day later. Um, I'm not really sure if that's really what he's getting choked up about. <laughs> Bailey said 15,000 people die from guns every day. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I just did the math. Children. I did the math um, based on, let's see, there were 3.4 million deaths in 2021. So it was about 10,000 a day, mm. almost 10,000 a day. So yeah, I would say seven to 10,000 a day. It's a big country, man. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Said 7,500 a day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the last two here. But you're right. This one person. <laughs> Very important. And it was an insurrectionist that died. I mean, <laughs> those are less than people. Yeah. So who even cares? Right. Yeah. But it was the democracy that almost died. Yeah. Her name should day. be lowercase mm -hmm. in the news reports. <laughs> Joe Biden says, and this is when he was, uh, he gave a speech on the uh, January 6th insurrection. He gave the speech out near Valley Forge. We'll talk about that here in a minute. It says you can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. Hmm. I think that that's uh, absolutely gall darn wrong, in my opinion. That would, that would be an oxymoron. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so the funny part about this, and um, I think it was a guy from the LP who pointed this out, but he gave the speech of Valley Forge. Valley Forge is a place where the uh, Continental Army hold up for like six months. And um, Continental Army, by the way, was a ragtag band of insurrectionists who were fighting against their government uh, to try and form a new government. And so we gave the speech, anti-insurrection speech, uh, at Valley Forge, which is commemorating a group of people who were literally insurrectioning a government <laughs> <laughs> at the time. Yeah. I just think that that's a little bit ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's an important place, by the way. I was reading about it. They hold up there for about six months, and while they were there, they trained. And when they when they got there, they weren't they weren't all that They're great. Just farmers with pitchforks. Yeah, they had pitchforks, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, now they could over they could overflow the current U.S. government with those pitchforks. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they took that time to train and to get better, and and uh, wrote a new field manual. And uh, when they came back out, turns out they were marching to the beat of their snare drummer better. Not not someone else's drum like they had been marching to, mm -hmm. but the army finally figured out how to get them to march to the beat of their drum. And then the, you, the rest is history. Mm. The rest is that the yeah. insurrection succeeded. Thank God. <laughs> so yeah. <clears throat> anyhow. That's pretty dumb, Joe. All right. Last thing. Kick it back to economics here. Charlie, how would you describe this? All right, MC this, squared. Oh, that's that's not said, it. Said I think about this often. Um, this is a picture of somebody's door that has a uh, a poster on it. Mm -hmm. Seems to be a some type of looks like a poster. We can confirm poster. Hold on, you hold, do on some hold kind on, of project. Hold on a sec. Yeah, it is a poster. Okay, yeah, it just got word. All right, there's a carrot on it. And it says, if we each grow a large crop. Now they have capitalized every letter. That's weird. Of every word. Yeah, you here. shouldn't do that. It looks weird. Yeah. They said, if we each grow a large crop, 
of different food we could all trade with each other <laughs> and eat for practically free. Grow food, not long. I didn't read this before. <laughs> and it says food is free on the thing. Food is free. If, <laughs> so. What a genius this idea. It's a monumental plan. <laughs> monumental plan. I hope everyone here can get on board with that. Okay. Each of us. Now, how do we decide what crop? How do you decide what crop? That's what I want to know. Yeah. But each of us are going to get together and we're each going to grow food. That's all. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to each be farmers. That way we can all eat for free. <laughs> and then none of us ever have to pay for food again. No, it's free. Because I grew something that you wanted and you grew something that I wanted. Yeah. Now don't worry about like some guy who thinks he ought to be building houses. Then we need that guy to grow carrots. <laughs> okay. And not only that, like yeah. it's not mm. free because you're still laboring. You are laboring. To grow this food. That's true. And what if your food sucks and nobody wants to trade with you? Mm, that's yeah. not good. Like you grew corn, but it's terrible corn and it doesn't taste good and insects are messing with it. It's all rotted out. What are you going to trade that for? Somebody's you're going to trade that for Nate's ripe tomatoes. I got to. Okay. Let's bump this up. You a got notch. a whole van full of tomatoes. <laughs> They're delicious. I like this guy's idea. Actually, in this case, I'm going to assume it was a girl's idea. Um, <laughs> it's a great idea. But because of the handwriting. Yeah, the handwriting. Ain't no guy the wrote that. Look at that W. Yeah. Um, no dude wrote that. If you took a handwriting expert, they'd probably be kind of confused because some of these letters don't match up multiple times. But whatever, whatever. We won't pay attention to that right now. Um, let's slightly make it better. How about a couple people grow food because they're really good at growing food and they got the, they just have the skill to do it. Okay. I don't know what food they're going to go. Well, and then like maybe you're pretty good at uh, the building houses or whatever. No, that's too complicated name. Just let's just stick people, with food. Some people need houses though. No, but like, we need free food. But what about how are you going to trade for free food? Like, if you don't have a guy building houses, though, what's he? I guess he has to grow food too. But we're all going to die of uh, exposure. These people already point. have houses, though. Okay. I mean, yeah. Don't okay. Have to worry about this. How about this though? Instead, what if we each did what we were good at, and then we just traded like a representation of the value to other people of the thing that we just did, mm. instead of doing that? Could we do that? <laughs> Is that a good idea? The Fed Haters Club just they just brought up Chaz. <laughs> there you go. I forgot about Actually, that. Little we don't have to worry about the person building houses because housing is a human right. You're right, Bailey. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they're just going to be there. You don't worry about oh, that. Look around. The houses are already here, yeah. Nate. So that's right. We don't need who needs more houses. The houses You've are got, already here. You know how many people you could house in this place right here? You yeah. fit a hundred people in here, probably. Probably just fine. Yeah. And they'd be better at growing the crops outside too. Get all those people. So yeah. that's a, that's a good idea. I Probably just forced them to them. grow. Okay. So <laughs> just to step out of our making fun of this for, I get what you're saying, bro. It's back to being a bro now, I guess. Yeah. I get it. You think um, a bro would put a heart on there like that though and say food is free? That's true. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely a chick. Yeah. <laughs> I get what you're saying, ho. <laughs> uh, but not everyone wants to grow food. Not everyone's going to be able to grow food. Instead, we should all do things that we're, that we're good at. And if we can't do a specific thing, maybe you can just exchange your labor for someone else who's doing a specific thing, and they could facilitate you being able to build or you being able to farm or you being able to uh, 
make uh, paper so people can write stupid posters and put them up on doors, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and in fact, you would end up getting to the system that we have right now, which is which is a bartering system. We just use a by the way, we use a different means of exchange. It was for that system. It was literally like a hundred and thirty years ago. <clears throat> Almost everyone was a farmer. Yeah. Almost everyone did this. This is this is literally what happened about 130 years ago. And some people who stepped outside the box and they were uh, blacksmiths Very, or something, you know? They still grew their own food, probably. Nah, they would... They Most people still grew basically their own food. The guy who's putting the shoes on the horses for the farmer, I mean, he gets food from the farmer, you know? You don't think his children were working the crops? <laughs> yeah, probably. In his own house? Something like that. Yeah. They could have been. That's because... No one had anything. And then and then as we developed as a society, as you said, people who were really good at growing food started trading with people who were really good at horseshoeing or whatever the case is. And we we are far more advanced now than that. But there here's the biggest problem with that poster is they think <clears throat> that food will then be free. Yeah. You know? What's free but, mean? Well, you just keep a couple seeds, Nate, from your crop. That way you can plant again. Let's talk about what free means, though. Because when things aren't free, when you got to pay for something, what does that mean? That means that you... It's not free. That's what that means. Well, it means that you spent time (laughs) doing something. And this is... In exchange for paper. And so it's not free. But the very first thing you said about this poster was it's not free because you have to expend energy to grow the food. You have to spend time to do it. And so what you have to decide is, is your time best spent growing whatever crappy food you're about to grow back there? Or would it be best spent doing something else? And then you get paper in exchange, and then you exchange paper to the person who is growing the food instead of taking them some other kind of food. Yeah. Hmm. I wish sometimes I I feel like being able to think is a burden, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like... I wish life could be this simple, you know? It used to be that simple, and apparently everyone wished it wasn't anymore. No, but like (laughs) Nina Turner, you know, you could just... If I could just have these solutions and feel good about myself. Yeah. You know? That would be nice. And not think through it all the way, you know? Imagine if you liked war and you thought that was a good idea. You'd be happy as a clam right now. I swear, I... Someone like Ben Shapiro, I could see his pants tense from here today. Lindsey Graham's at Chuck E. Cheese celebrating right now. <laughs> he had a party last night. You know, he's, yeah. He's ordering all the pizza, having himself a pizza Chuck E. Cheese party. Uh, it's time to get votes in, by the way. Um, number one. We got poker to play tonight. <laughs> maybe. Come on. Yeah, I'm a maybe. I'm a hard. Jesus, Nate. I'm a hard probably maybe. Do you know how often one. I ask Nate to hang out? <laughs> I knew you were. I told Lacey last night, I'm like, here's the deal. I ask him to hang out all the time. <laughs> and it. Ninety-five percent of the time, he turns me down, which is why I don't think we're friends anymore. I'm a hot we're just, commodity. We're just—you see what scarcity does. We're—we're <laughs> we, not really friends anymore. It's just business. That's it. That's all we do. Uh, number one is Trump immunity claim. Number two is uh, Delta's inclusive language guidance. Number three is uh, shovel snow on public property or else. Number four is the First Amendment doesn't protect misgendering. Number five is the SEC account hacked because two-factor authentication wasn't turned on. <laughs> Number six is Fauci admits that the six-foot was made up and he questioned learning loss by children during the pandemic. Number seven, 
removing Trump doesn't disenfranchise voters. Um, number eight, the MSC, MSNBC anchor crying. Number nine, Biden on the insurrection. Can't be pro-insurrection and pro-America. And number 10, this uh, epic economic idea, monumental idea. Let me tell you what. Uh, so get your votes in. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> All yeah. right. All I'm, right. I'm upset about friendship. <laughs> so I can't okay. focus on more than what right now I'm focused on trying to find new friends. Well, good luck so with you're that. you're going to have to finish good. this episode. All right. Go to joingmail.com <laughs> if you want to be a part of the Fed Haters Club. Vote, only, vote for me, number 11. That's what I'm going to say. It's only $7 a month, or you can pay more if you care about the future of humanity. Um, you can also go to godhatesfeds.com if you would like to do that. Uh, go to godhatesfeds.com and uh, get some God Hates Feds merch. And you can even get a pro-insurrection since 1776 coffee mug if you would like to do that. Uh, and then you can also just uh, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell everyone. It looks like if we're going to round out the vote in here, make sure everyone's got your votes in. The Don't Bleep of the Week, there's not as many votes in as there are people hanging out. Uh, but uh, I think we have a clear winner here, and it's Dr. Anthony Fiaci admitting that Six Foot was made up and uh, didn't know whether or not kids had any learning loss during the pandemic. So that's the winner for this week, folks. Charlie's going on a speaking strike right now. So we win. You're welcome, Costco. There we go. Uh, we'll see you on uh, maybe, probably Monday, I guess. I'm not sure. You might uh, have to stay the night here. We'll see what, see what that's going on <laughs> after the game. Well, there's <laughs> so the snow. Yeah, yeah because exactly, the snow. Yeah. Although I care, wouldn't do that because I'm not your friend. So why would I say? about liberty. Yeah. So um, anyhow, uh, <laughs> We'll probably see you Monday unless we're snowed out for some reason. That's the Iowa caucuses, by the way. And they're supposed to be cold up there and a lot of snow. It's going to be crazy. Uh, anyhow, so we'll so see you then. get your mail-in ballots in. Get, get, all the, get, get the mail going. Get mail votes. Um, anyhow, if you do all the things that I just said to do, uh, then we'll be back here soon. ASAP, I promise. All right. Until then, have a good day and a good weekend, Liberty. Liberty.